0: Bible reference, and I'm going to read from the book of Luke, chapter 5, and I'm going to read what is becoming a familiar scripture from verse 1 to 11. And it will be my framework to explain something that is vital to us as the body of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, if I would ask if you could pause with me while we say a very simple prayer. Our Father and our God, we ask, O Lord, as we go into your word. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you take absolute control. But more than that, we pray, O Lord, for three things. We ask that you grant each hearer the spirit of wisdom. We pray, O Lord, that you grant each hearer revelation in the knowledge of you. And we ask, O Lord, that you grant each person that the eyes of their understanding are enlightened so that they may know. The knowing, Lord, will cause a change in their lives. And we trust you for this. Thank you, my Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, there's something that we have begun to realize about our lives as Christians. And it's this, that God repetitively gives us promises. And many times we are given a promise and we actually do not know how to bring those promises to pass. Imagine with me, ladies and gentlemen, that you go to a country that you have never been to. You do not recognize their currency and somebody gives you a very large bill, it's a valuable bill, one that could buy you quite a lot. If you did not understand that that bill was currency or you did not know how to use it, you would be susceptible for someone coming and saying, well it looks like you've only got one bill. I have five let's make an exchange you thinking that well five is greater than one i will make the exchange but you didn't realize that the five that the person is offering you are of lower value than the one that you hold already and that happens and then you go away thinking i've made a wonderful trade and i've seen children conned like that whereby you say you know what please give me the 10 pound note and I'll give you five, one pound. And the child thinks, great, I have five, you have one, I've beaten you. But ladies and gentlemen, you actually have been robbed. And I want to say very clearly that when God gives you a promise, his aim is singular. And the aim for God giving you a promise is that it comes to pass. And God has no intention of reneging on anything that he has said to you but if we do not know how to bring those promises to pass we can easily be robbed we can have them stolen or they will just lie dormant and they will not be yours this morning ladies and gentlemen we want to look very briefly at how to bring God's promises to pass but we will use the framework ladies and gentlemen of the prophetic word that we are standing on in Jesus house We are standing on a prophetic word that says, this is our year to launch out to the deep. And so I will read from the Bible and I'll read from Luke 5 and I'll start at verse 1. The Bible says the following, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennacherib and he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon, and prayed him thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish and their net broke. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man O Lord, for he was astonished and all that were with him at the draft of fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, fear not from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Verse 11. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Ladies and gentlemen, please understand the Lord is saying very clearly to us as a church and to you as a person that a new season is about to start in your life. That's a promise. He said that launch out into the deep. Remember, Jesus said to Peter a complete statement. He said, launch out into the deep for a draft. Meaning I have already settled the outcome of what you are about to do. Meaning he gave Peter a what? Promise. An assurance of a future or an expectation of hope that was set based upon the ability and integrity of the almighty God. God has given you such a promise. And the Bible then says when they did so everything about Peter's life changed. Meaning, ladies and gentlemen, when God gives you a promise, his intention is that by the time the promise is done, not when you are done, by the time the promise is done, your life will not remain the same. And so this morning we are going to have a very functional look at how to bring a promise to pass. The first thing is this, the first thing I want you to realize is this. A promise will enable you to function just like God. Now this is, you say, but what do you mean? A promise gives you the ability to function like the person who gave it to you. So if you have a look at the currency of the United Kingdom, the currency of the United Kingdom has a word on it that says, I promise to the Bank of England, the governor of the Bank of England, whosoever that may be, In representing the queen, he says, I promise to pay the bearer the sum of 5, 10, 15, 20 or 50 pounds of silver. And then he says, this is a promissory note. You never see the silver, but this is what happens. You can now go into a shop and if your favorite pair of shoes will cost 49 pounds of silver, notice you do not walk in with six hefty men carrying 49 pounds of silver bullion you walk in with a piece of paper and you act like the owner of the silver and you say to them I have 50 pounds worth of silver give me what I ask for now remember this notice please hear me well you present the money based on your request you say please those shoes for me size seven and a half red For me, here's the money. Notice, what did you do? You spoke. Ladies and gentlemen, please remember, when God operates, he operates by speak. So when God gives you a promise, he is giving you the ability to function just like him. So I want you to realize, notice what happens. Jesus says to Peter that, listen, send out, let's go out, launch out into the deep and let's go for a catch. Please notice what Peter does in verse five. Peter does the following. Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, we will do what you say. And what happens? What Peter said came to pass. A promise, ladies and gentlemen, gives you the ability to function like your father. A promise, now that means, please hear me, a promise that does not find its way into your mouth, your confessions, your thoughts, or your actions is more than likely not going to come to pass. That means you really should be saying over yourself, concerning 2022 and beyond that this is my year to launch out into the deep. This is my year to catch a catch that will change my life. This is the year that my life changes fundamentally. This is the year that I move from one place to another. Someone may say, but how can you be so confident? You say, my father said so. That's what a promise is. Gives you you can act like your father that means when you say something it comes to pass come with me ladies and gentlemen let's uh, let's understand why that is the case turning your Bibles please to John chapter 1 reading from verses 1 to 3 and then we will move on the Bible says the following In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Bible says the same was in the beginning with God. Please keep this in mind. And then the Bible says something in verse 3. The Bible says, By him were all things made, and without him nothing was made that was made. Pause for a moment. That means when God gives you a promise... It's exactly the same as if he is standing beside you. Because God's word is God. God and his word are one. When God's word finds its way into your mouth. And this is key. It finds its way into your mouth. Everything else around you will agree. Step number one, God gives you the ability to act like Him. And that means you will get the same results as He would get. Number two, please keep this in mind. To bring a promise to pass, you have to isolate the problem that the promise is going to address. Isolate. That means, ladies and gentlemen, Please turn with me in the Bible and we'll use this. There are lots of places we can go. But I want you to understand this. I'll be as simple as I can. The Bible says in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8. The Bible says this. This book, quoting from the King James Version of the Bible. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But you shall meditate therein day and night, so that you may be able to observe, to do according to all that is written therein. Then the Bible says, for then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. Before we go to the shouting section, it starts like this, this book of the law. Meaning when you are confronted with a problem, Bring God's promises that address that problem to confront the problem. So notice, Peter had a problem. I'll try and, so if you understand, Peter had a problem and he said this to Jesus. He said to Jesus, we have toiled all night and have caught nothing. Meaning, this is a bad day. Because that means I am probably not going to have an income and I am not going to be able to feed my family. This is a tough day. That's the problem I'm facing. But then he says to Jesus, he says, but at thy word, meaning based upon what you have said concerning our situations, I will do what you say. The results are miraculous. Ladies and gentlemen, please hear me well. The Bible says in Joshua 1.8, this book of the law, you cannot claim a promise that you do not know. There are three words that we are holding on to in Jesus' house. Three of them. You can pick any one. But ladies and gentlemen, whatsoever situation you're facing, whatsoever situation you are facing, put the situation in front of the promise. And you say, but why should I? That I've tried. Things are tough, but pause for a moment. Let's understand what a promise is. The promise and God are one. That means when you put the situation in front of the promise, the bible says in philippians 2 verse 11 that whatsoever the problem is it must bow why to the god of the promise isolate the problem and put it in front of the promise so ladies and gentlemen If you are believing God for a change of season or you're believing God to step into the new, you're believing God for something to change, then you have to put your circumstances up against the promise. Isaiah 43, reading from 18 and 19, the Bible says, and I paraphrase deliberately, that God says, forget yesterday for the moment. I want you to focus on what I am about to do. I'm going to make a change. I'm going to make something happen. I'm going to bring in a new season. And then the Lord says this. He says, I'm going to make what? I'm going to make a way in the wilderness and I'm going to bring rivers into the desert. That means every morning you are facing a challenge whereby you are in a dry season or you're in a season that looks impossible. You're standing in front of it. Do not say, oh, woe is me. What am I going to do? Say what your father says, that this is the morning that God will make a way for me. This is the morning that the floods of the almighty God will cause my desert to become green. This is the day that God will cause that which is standing against me to bow. And therefore there will be a way for me in the desert. And there will be, a, there will be rivers for me in the desert. And there will be a way in the wilderness. Other people may not make, succeed. But concerning me, because of the promise that I hold. Hear me well, wherever you are in the world. Hold on to the word of God. What am I asking you to do? Isolate. Let it become a one-on-one quarrel. This is why, be specific. And Peter was specific. The results of the promise were quite remarkable. Number three, ladies and gentlemen, a promise must be believed to be activated. A promise must be believed to be activated. And the reason I say that is this. Many times when We see Peter respond to Jesus. The assumption is it was based on nothing. But that's not the case. Come with me please ladies and gentlemen. To the book of Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. No actually Luke chapter 4. I apologize. Yes Luke chapter 4. And I'm going to read. Because remember, belief, ladies and gentlemen, is the acceptance of the fact that God is who he says he is. He can do what he says he can do, and he will do for you what he has promised. But it's not magic. Listen to what happened to Peter before he heard Jesus Luke chapter 4. And I'm going to read from verse 31. And Jesus came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. That's verse 32. And in the synagogue there was a man which had the spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice, saying, let us alone, what have we to do with you, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. And, the devil, and when the devil had thrown him down in the mist... He came out of him and hurt him not. And, when they were, and they were all amazed and spake among themselves, What word is this? For with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the fame of him went out into every place of the country round about. Verse 38 is key. And the Bible says the following. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into whose house? Simon's house. So Simon was in the synagogue when Jesus starts his ministry and demonstrates his ministry with power let's keep reading And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever and they besought him for her and he stood over her and rebuked the fever and it left her and immediately she rose and ministered unto them (coughs) verse 40 now when the sun was setting all they had all they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him and he laid hands on every one of them and healed them. And the devils came out of many crying and saying, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he rebuking them and suffered, suffered them not to speak for they knew he was the Christ. Pause for a moment. Peter saw in action what Jesus could do. Belief is not magic. Belief comes from the knowledge you gain of this is what God can do based upon what he says, based upon what you have seen, based upon what he has done for others, but also based upon what you have come to know is true. Promises need to be believed to be activated. That means based upon the miraculous intervention of God, you give God the credit that if you've done this, you can do all of this. Now you you may say, but I, I don't have a miracle. I'm still waiting for a child. I'm still single. I'm still waiting for a job. I'm still waiting to be promoted. I I, I can't think of a miracle. Pause for a moment. Just go to the basics. The greatest miracle that you will ever experience is where Jesus pulls you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Have you noticed that no one that's prayed that prayer has ever fallen? That prayer never fails. So you ladies and gentlemen, if Jesus has done that for you, are a walking, talking miracle. That means whenever you are going through something, go to what you know. That you can take anything from me. Bill's not paid. I agree. Not really sure about my admission. I agree. Not really sure who I'm going to marry. I agree. But you can't take my salvation. Because I'm not the same person that before I met Jesus, something has changed and you can't deny it. And then the Bible says, based upon what Peter had seen, he acts on what Jesus has said and his life changes. Next, number four. Ladies and gentlemen, promises work when they become your only way out. (laughs) Uh, The reason I'm smiling, imagine, follow me for a moment, you are about to buy, let's say, a wedding ring, a pair of shoes you love, something really valuable. You walk into Louis Vuitton, that's the only one that comes to my mind, Jimmy Chews, wherever it may be, let's say your thing is shoes. You walk in and they say, 450 pounds of silver. You say, no problem, I've got that. Then you say, okay, by the way, I am going to give you 250 pounds and I'll give you 55 chickens. Do you think they will give you the shoes? No. Pause for a moment. And this is what I want you to understand. The promise must become your sole focus trust. That means the only currency of exchange is the promise that God has given you presenting a tomorrow to you. That means you have to have absolute confidence in the promise God has given you. Why? A promise ladies and gentlemen is an expression of the integrity and the ability of the person making the promise so certain currencies in the world carry more weight than other currencies in the world because you're not really sure not sh- and I'm not going to pick on any country because it would be nasty and rude but think about it let's say you go you you came from a country called Zargon 19 Zargon 19 as a currency whereby you're not really sure. You're not going to walk into Jimmy Choose and ask them, do you take Zargon dollars? They're going to throw you out. But if you have a particular currency that carries weight, why? Because what is behind that currency is trusted, you have the same kind of confidence. And so what am I saying? The promise that you hold is based upon the integrity of the person who gave it to you turning your bibles please to isaiah 55 and i'm going to read isaiah 55 verse 11 and this is what the bible this is what god says about his word he says so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth it shall not return unto me void but it shall accomplish that which i please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Turn with me, ladies and gentlemen, to Ephesians 1, so we can drive this home. Ephesians 1, and I'm going to read, I I would have read read from, I'll read from 19. And the Bible says, What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Now you may say, how come these two are together? Because ladies and gentlemen, according to John chapter 10, reading from verse 18, Jesus Christ went to the cross, laid down his life, went to hell to pay our price, Based upon a promise. If Satan wanted to stop anything, beyond you passing your exams, beyond you getting a new house, new car, new wife, new husband, even your health coming back. If Satan wanted to stop anything, it would have been the rising of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God said to him, You'll only be there three days. I will not let my holy ones see corruption on the third day against all odds. God brought his word to pass. Put that in comparison to what you are facing and realize that God's word can be trusted, irrespective. Of your circumstances. Let's go to the next one. Number five a promise will work when you become persistent. And when I say you become persistent, it's very interesting. Notice, when you become persistent, that means you stand on the promise and what it promises you, irrespective of the circumstances. So let's go back to Peter's example, because that's the word that the Lord really wants to drive home this morning. And it's this, I want you to understand, Jesus said to Peter, Launch out into the deep, but it was the middle of the day. He was out of season. That means when Peter pushed his boat off the shore to go into the middle of the lake, he knew everybody else was watching. There was a massive audience. He was going out at the wrong time. He was going when the fishes lived at the bottom of the lake of Genasaret because of the heat. He was going outside of anything he had done based upon his training. What am I telling you? You have to become persistent. So every time they had to do something, he said, Jesus said, let's go out to the deep. Jesus said, let's go out to the deep. Why? And notice, there will always be the wise guy. Peter, why are you pushing your boat out? Jesus said, let's go out to the deep. Then the crowd gets involved. What are you trying to do? Let's go out into the deep. And you see, Instagram didn't exist back then. But there was a whole group of gossip people who were there simply for miracles. Miracles are done. So let's watch this man go out into the middle of the lake and catch nothing so they were waiting for him to fail so that they could tell the next town that there's a nutcase who goes fishing in the daytime everything was set up to fail what do I mean become persistent promises ladies and gentlemen Our words, become persistent in what you say, irrespective of the circumstances, and God will come through. How do I know this is the case? Hear me well. Somebody else that got a promise. Mark 5 verse 25 to 35 for your reference. The woman with the issue of blood hears about Jesus. The Bible said that she has gone through a whole series of doctors and, and she is nothing better. The Bible then says she hears about Jesus, but she has no idea where he is because Jesus is moving all over Israel. So she has no idea how to find him. This is how she finds him she goes from synagogue to synagogue, rumor to rumor, marketplace to marketplace. Until one day, as she's coming from the last place, her strength and energy are obviously failing because she's bleeding. Her paths and Jesus's paths cross. She sees a crowd and she realizes I'm here illegally. Because if you have an issue of blood, you cannot touch anyone, especially a priest. Because if you're a woman with that kind of bleeding, you make the person unclean. She sees a crowd of men and Jesus is in the middle, but she manages to work her way through them at great risk to herself. Why? The Bible says she was persistent. How? The Bible says, for she said within herself that if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Pause for a moment the secret is in within herself the person who needs to hear your words is you god doesn't need the motivation the bible says romans 10:17 the bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god it does not say who does the speaking who needs to hear it you do why so you can keep going she said it and said it and said it. And in the middle of a crowd, she touches Jesus' garment and history changes. Ladies and gentlemen, this year, as you keep the promises within your mouth, as you become persistent with the promises, as you do not change your word irrespective of the circumstances in front of you, the circumstances around you, like Peter, will change. Because notice, Peter was the laughingstock until he had the catch. Then he calls his friends. Then he becomes the focus of attention. And then their view of Jesus changes. The people who laugh at you for trusting God, hear me well. When your matter turns, they will change their opinion of the God you serve. Let's keep going. And This is the fun one. Promises come to pass because of triggers. And you say, what do you mean triggers? You see, ladies and gentlemen, pause for a moment. I'm going to read Luke 5 again from 1, and this is the trigger. And the Bible says, it came to pass as that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret. So God had a need. And he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them. And were washing their nets, and the Bible says, "And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land." And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. That's the trigger. So, what is the trigger, ladies and gentlemen? You see, it was an inconvenience. Peter was done. He had accepted his fate. He was washing his nets. Jesus saying, can I borrow your boat, interrupted his day. But that interruption changes Peter's life. And you may say, well, how can I find the trigger that will cause my miracle to become a reality? Let me give you nine that you can look out for. Because, ladies and gentlemen, please note, do the study in the Bible. More people in the Bible got miracles because of acts of the list I'm going to give you than just anything else. And this is the list. Number one, love. The Bible says of Jesus Christ that he said, because I do this, Because I love the Father. The greatest reward given to a man was given to Jesus Christ. What's an act of love? That means doing something not because you want to, but doing something because God really needs it. Number two, joy. It's very interesting that you say joy. Acts 16, verses 25 to 26. Acts 16, 25 to 26. I'm not reading it deliberately. But Paul and Silas had had a rough day. They had been beaten, they had been treated as criminals. They had been locked in a prison. Not just any prison, they were locked in the inner prison and their feet were locked into the stocks. The Bible says at midnight, they began to sing praises. (laughs) And we're coming into a month of worship. They began to sing praises and they began to worship God. And all the prisoners heard them. And the Bible says God responds with an earthquake that opens every door, removes everybody's chains, changes their lives forever. Listen to me very carefully. Because they were what? Joyous. Joy is not based on your circumstances. Joy is based on your relationship with God. Happiness is circumstantial. Joy is based on relationship with God. And the Bible says because they decided to respond in joy, because God filled their mouth with a song. the Bible says that not only were they delivered, but everybody around them were delivered. You've got to watch for the triggers. Let me pick on another one. <laughs> there are nine, but I'm going to pick on. I'm going to pick on a few. Um, peace, Abigail, the peacemaker, First Samuel 25. I could tell you the story. David is about to slaughter not just one person, but everybody who belongs to that person. Abigail gets in between David and that slaughter. The Bible records Abigail's husband dies and she becomes a widow. David remembers that Abigail is a wise woman and he brings her into his house. Hear me well. Miracles happen because you identify the triggers. Long-suffering Simeon has been believing God to see the deliverance of Israel. And the Bible says one day the Holy Spirit, as he has obviously done before, says go into the temple. Remember the temple is the size of a city. Simon walks into a temple and he sees a young man and a young woman bringing their baby. They haven't got much because they only have two pigeons. And they bring that baby and that into the temple so that they can do what Moses said they should do on the eighth day. Simeon walks up to them and he says, now I can die. Why? Why? Because now I have seen the deliverance of Israel. Let's just do goodness and then we'll move on. There are others, but goodness is where you are creatively kind to other people simply because that's what God will do. David is coming from a shipwreck. His wife and his family have gone. The wife and the family of the 600 killers that now surround him are gone. He's on his way to execute a vengeance. He has a promise that God said, pursue. You will overtake and you will recover. But the trigger is when he runs into an Egyptian and the Egyptian is a talkative person. They gave him water and he said, oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it said, what happened to you? Three days ago I fell sick and he's speaking to six, well, 400 trained killers, all of whom are angry. And he says, La, a few days ago we raided a place called Ziklek. and we took everything, but my master left me behind. You do realize David could have killed him on the spot and David said, feed him. Then the young man gave him the terms. He said, I'll lead you to them. But if you, if you promise to keep me alive and not put me back into slavery. I can only imagine if that young man had said that in certain countries of the world. But ladies and gentlemen, because of that act of kindness, the promise given to David comes to pass in excess. So will it happen to you. There are nine but I'll move on. And This is the last one and I'm done. Promises, ladies and gentlemen, must you must believe that the promise is fulfilled before you see it happen. This is how I'm going to close out, and then we will pray. Let's go back to the Jimmy Choo example. Imagine if your friend texts you as you're walking to the Jimmy Choo shop. And they say, what are you about to do? I'm about to buy a pair of Jimmy Choo shoes. You do realize you haven't got to the shop. You're not sure whether they've got them, but you already in your mind have what the promise has given you. Ladies and gentlemen, when God gives you a promise, it comes to pass when you believe that what God said has happened even before you see it. Promises always are transactions of faith. And that means, ladies and gentlemen, the God who said over you this year, launch out into the deep for a life-changing, season-altering catch expects you to live like it's already true. So let us pray. My work is done. And Father, I ask, O Lord, for your people, and I ask very simply, that from this moment forward, for every promise, every assurance, everything that you have granted them, that they are believing you for. Father, cause them to be activated. Let them become a testimony of your faithfulness, your integrity, and your power. Father almighty God, I speak over every single person, whether they be present in the auditorium or whether they be watching or listening online. And I say, may the promises of God from this day forward, Change your life immeasurably so that your Father may be glorified. And where's my confidence for saying that? Salvation is a promise. And if you're watching, ladies and gentlemen, or you're in the auditorium, and you don't know Jesus Christ and you don't understand what we're talking about, The reality is, it's a promise. He says, if you believe I am who I say I am, that I did what I promised, I went to the cross for you, I died for you, and the Father brought me back to life for you once the bill of your sins was paid. He said, if you believe that, and then you confess it, that means... Like walking into a shop, you say, based upon the promise, can I have this? Jesus says, it's yours. And from that moment forward, life for you will change. Because the assurance of the veracity of what Jesus says will come with something called peace. And Jesus will reassure you that you have moved from death to life. I know that to be true, because on September the 12th, 1987, I did exactly that. I woke up a maniac in everybody's assessments. By the time I went to sleep that night, I was saved and fanatical. And God has proved himself right for the last 35 years and so ladies and gentlemen if you do not know the lord i ask you to do exactly what i did just ask him to come into your life based upon what he said ask him that save me as a sinner forgive my sins make me a child of god i accept what you offer and let the rest be history Ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are in the world, if you do that, the Bible says you are saved. And you are saved because of a promise. This is the last thing I want to do. The last thing about a promise is this. Promises are enforceable. And therefore, the Bible says somebody with authority can enforce the promise. And ladies and gentlemen, Jesus has given you authority and he has given you power and he's given you his name to enforce the promises. And so for the next 60 seconds, I know it's not usual, but I just want you to enforce whatever promise you're believing God for. I want you to lift up your voice in prayer if you can. If you can pray in the spirit, please do so. I want you to declare that concerning me, that father almighty God, I am healed by your stripes. I am prospered by your word. I am, Father, you have taken me solitary and placed me in families. I am finding a way, Lord, a way in the wilderness. I do, O oh Lord, expect a river in the desert. I do, O oh Lord, expect that my harvest will outrun my needs and my expectations. Stand upon the word of God. And I declare over your life in very simple faith that the God who made you the promise will also make you the testimony. In Jesus' most holy name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, God bless you.